Hello, dear listeners. This podcast has reached its final episode. I've started a new podcast titled Build Your English, which you can find at patreon.com slash buildyourenglish. There, you can access your weekly free episode and its transcript. I hope to see you there. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to episode 49 of the C1 Speaking Podcast. I hope you are all full of beans, and that means to have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, and ready to dive deep into the world of real spoken English. As you know, the aim of this podcast is to help you speak fluently about fascinating topics with people from all around the world. Sounds good, right? But what does it really mean when I say I want to help you speak fluently? That's a good question. Allow me a moment to explain. So, many of my listeners have mentioned that they are struggling to find the right words when discussing interesting and sometimes challenging subjects. That's where I come in. I want to help you expand your vocabulary so you'll never be at a loss for words. But it's not just about vocabulary. I'm also here to give you ideas to talk about and to teach you structures to express your thoughts clearly and effectively. So, long story short, or simply put, if you're often searching for the right words, looking for ideas to talk about, or need help with structuring your thoughts, you're listening to the right podcast. Okay then, let's crack on. Today, we are tackling the intriguing question from chapter 5, question 14 of my book, Express Yourself in English. And the question is, what is the most effective action in helping people prevent stress? I'll provide a different answer than the one in the book, allowing you to compare both answers and enhance your speaking flexibility as you study. Because, at the end of the day, knowing various words and ideas is what will help you achieve your ultimate goal. Never feeling stuck for what to say or think in English. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Question. What is the most effective action in helping people prevent stress? And here's my model answer. Well, when considering the most effective action to prevent stress, I suppose it's important to acknowledge that what works best can vary greatly from person to person. To each their own, right? It's a bit like choosing the right tool for language learning. Different situations call for different approaches. However, if I were to highlight one action that stands out for its effectiveness, it would be practicing mindfulness and relaxation techniques. These practices help in centering your thoughts and calming the mind, which is crucial in our often hectic lives. You know, 
I guess I'm a big fan of methods like meditation or deep breathing exercises because they provide a way to step back and gain perspective. It's a bit like pressing a pause button amidst the day's chaos. <laughs> This can be especially effective because it directly addresses the mental aspect of stress, helping to prevent the spiral of anxious thoughts. Now, that being said, I want to stress that a combination of actions, such as regular exercise, a balanced diet, adequate sleep, and mindfulness tend to be the most effective in managing stress. No pun intended. Each of these actions contributes in its own way, like different instruments in an orchestra working together to create a harmonious melody. But for someone looking for a single starting point, mindfulness and relaxation techniques are often a reliable choice. Okay, dear listeners, that is the model answer for today. Now, let's take a moment to delve into a couple of key phrases used in today's response. In my answer, I use the phrase, to each their own. So let's take a closer look at this expression. <clears throat> First, repeat after me, to each their own. Brilliant. One more time, to each their own. And, of course, uh, to each their own is an expression used to acknowledge that people have different preferences, tastes, or opinions, and that these differences are acceptable. So, this phrase conveys a sense of tolerance or acceptance towards the variety of choices people make, even if they differ from one's own. So let me clarify that with help from a few examples. So these are personal examples, right? The first one is, I don't like horror movies, but to each their own. Some of my friends find them thrilling. So in this sentence, I show an acceptance of different opinions on horror movies. And I acknowledge that while I don't like them, others might enjoy them. Right? All right. By the way, another expression that you can use is different strokes for different folks. Yeah? It's the same thing. Second example sentence. He prefers working out at 5 a.m. in the morning. Well, to each their own. So here the phrase is used to express acceptance of someone's preference for working out at 5 a.m., even though it might be unusual for others. There you go, to each their own. Now the second phrase is uh, a special one. I don't know if you got it when I uh, told you uh, the model answer, but I used the phrase, no pun intended. And this phrase, no pun intended, is used immediately after a statement where a play on words a play on words, so that's a pun, right? A pun is a play on words. So it is used immediately after a statement where a play on words has occurred, often accidentally. So it signals that the speaker did not mean to make a joke or a pun, 
Or if they did, they want to downplay it to keep the focus on the main message. All right, let me give you a few examples to clarify. So the first sentence is, the bakery success is on the rise. No pun intended. So here, the phrase is used after an unintentional pun related to rice, which can refer to both the success of the bakery and the rising of dough in baking. There you go. Example number two. This new weightlifting program is lifting my spirits. No pun intended. So in this example, the speaker uses no pun intended after making a pun linking the literal lifting in weightlifting with the metaphorical lifting of spirits. There you go. Now, I want to give you one extra. I, I, I wrote down bonus phrase in my transcript. And this is the bonus phrase. In my answer, I said, However, if I were to highlight one action that stands out for its effectiveness, it would be practicing mindfulness and relaxation techniques. Now, the structure used in this sentence, however, if I were to highlight one action that stands out for its effectiveness, it would be practicing mindfulness and relaxation techniques. It is a great example of a conditional sentence. And this specific structure is known as the second conditional, which is commonly used in English to talk about hypothetical situations. So we use it for situations yeah, that are currently untrue or hypothetical. And it often explores what you would do in a hypothetical scenario. So it typically follows the pattern if plus subject plus past tense verb, comma, Subject plus would plus base verb. So in my sentence, if I were to highlight, that is the if clause, and it would be practicing mindfulness and relaxation techniques is the main clause. Now, sometimes, especially for emphasis or formality, we use were to in the if clause, like I did, right? I said, if I were to highlight, and another example is, if I were to win the lottery, I would buy a house. So this add, adds a sense of formality or seriousness to the hypothetical scenario. So you can definitely use this in your exam, right? Now, one last thing, uh, you could also vary with could or might. For example, you can also use, uh, if I spoke Spanish, I could make friends in Spain more easily. Or if I spoke Spanish, I might make friends in Spain more easily. Now remember, the second conditional is for unreal or hypothetical situations in the present or future, not for things that have already happened. Got that? Okay then. All right, dear listeners. That's your English practice for today. Remember the two language chunks we discussed today. To each their own, and no pun intended. And use them when appropriate. As previously mentioned, you cannot find the answer to today's episode in my book, 
express yourself in English. Instead, if you have the book, you will discover a completely different answer together with a vocabulary glossary, a gap fill quiz, as well as a comprehension quiz. And in addition, you get access to clear audio in MP3 format, as well as Quizlet cards to enhance your learning process. And all this to help you learn the right words and phrases so you never feel stuck for what to say or think in interesting conversations. And with that, we wrap up today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you found this episode helpful. And if you enjoy my podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends, but only if it has great value for them, okay? Until next time, stay curious, keep learning, and as always, happy speaking. Talk soon, my friends. Bye-bye. Oh, and one more thing. You might have heard that I have a new podcast. It's called Build Your English. Every week, from Monday to Friday, I publish 10-minute lessons that teach English in a fun and effective way. I talk about all sorts of topics, from everyday subjects like food, travel, books, and language learning, to more serious ones like history, politics, culture, and even philosophy. The episodes are spoken at a speed you can understand and come with downloadable mp3 files and pdf transcripts. So by dedicating just 10 minutes a day to our lessons, you won't just see improvements in your English, you'll also enjoy the learning journey. I invite you to listen to an episode and see for yourself. Patreon.com slash build your English patreon.com slash build your English